My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. Jamie. I'm Jeff. And Sean. And welcome to episode 50. We made it to 50. This is an ironic episode. I know. Talking about wow. what we're talking about. We're talking about Doctor Who. Which is in Doc- its 50th Doctor year. Doctor Who? How coincidental. It's to celebrate the 50th year. <laughs> no, that was a question. Doctor Who? I don't know. The BBC <laughs> is releasing a book a month. Absolutely, yeah. And the book for the second month and the second doctor was written by uh, some guy named uh, Michael Scott. Some Irish guy. Some Irish guy named Michael Scott. <laughs> which was which was uh, kind of funny because they did two Irish author authors back to back with uh, Colfer with for Colfer. a British show. How'd that work? Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> 50, fifty years of Doctor Who. Woo-hoo. Fifty episodes of Awakenings. It's it's perfect. It, it is it was perfect. Meant to be. It was me- it was kind of like we saved. We planned this. <laughs> Marefi was behind this. Marefi was a time lord. The swords are the parties. It really is like Marefi's a time lord. That's awesome. <laughs> he is a time lord. Well, like uh, like uh, Prometheus was a fire lord. So yeah, time lord. Why not? <laughs> and Jermaine was the lord of the dance. <laughs> Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Why, Doctor What, When, and Where. Wow, we can talk about when. When. So okay, so obviously none of us were alive when the second incarnation of the Doctor, you know, actually aired on on television. It was weren't just <laughs> a while ago, <laughs> and there's not very many. You know, there's not very many episodes out there of the. Of that doctor, so uh, a lot of lost footage. Very sad. Yeah, my doctor. This is my doctor. But but look, we're fifty years later, and look how iconic it is, and it's huge fandom, and yeah, it stood the test of time. There is not a doubt that it it definitely stood, and it was it did that because it was able to evolve with the generations, and really the regeneration of the character, you know, is the only way it's able to do that. That is true. You know? So. 11 I, doctors in 50 years. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a few more than that, but um, <laughs> the Quick, official. Who's your 11. favorite doctor? Only 11. <laughs> David Tennant. Mine, mine is uh, mine's Christopher uh, Eccleston. I'm sorry. I have to agree with Sean. David That's my doctor. Everyone does. That's my doctor. <laughs> you wish. I'm sorry. I don't know this what it is. Never I love Tennant. I think he did an amazing job. I'm really, you know, not crazy about Smith, but uh, Eccleston. There's just something about about his doctor that you just like that he was bald. Like <laughs> it was, you it wasn't bald. It was, it was shaved. I mean, it was trimmed. It was, cl- it was close cropped. You like the warrior doctor. 
Yeah, you know what? I just I really liked um, the vengefulness kind of 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 him, you know, and then he was like goofy, but then when he was serious, man, you knew he was serious. And uh, I don't know what it is, but he's he's my doctor. Although I gotta say I'm a little biased because I've only seen three doctors, so and a small clip of um, Tom Baker. That's yeah, I remember watching them when I was like a kid, and I remember all the Tom Baker episodes. Yeah, I don't really count those as watching them because it was PBS. I remember and them, and yeah, and and you know I was I, I was, was like seven. Yeah, it was very small, and yeah, Tom Baker though. No, it um, counts for me because I watched them like a year ago. Well, small clip. But. Okay, well. <laughs> You know, I they have released the classic Who's on Netflix. They they do, but they have very very yeah. limited number. Especially only of one, two, and three per season of the early of the early seasons. Like for uh, for the second Doctor uh, that Michael uh, wrote his story about, there's only one episode for each of his seasons. So wow, there's there's very not not very many uh, available. But yeah, uh, so the Doctor Who short. Uh, it came out, what, February 23rd? Yeah. And um, it was, uh, so like I said, centered on the second Doctor and his companion, uh, Jamie. Me? McCrimmon. Oh. Yeah, not you. Darn. The TARDIS <laughs> is not same. coming for you, Jamie. It spelled is spelled the, the same. It was a little surreal reading that. <laughs> reading my name. Well, when you know when you have a name like Jeff, it's 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 not a uh, <laughs> it's not an uncommon thing. Jeff to see. Smith, you're probably yeah. in every other book ever written. It, it's really not. <laughs> it's really yeah, not. but mine mine's not a common name used in literature. So seeing Jamie, what have you done in print is a little disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, I've never. What's funny though is like you know, as common as my name is, I've never seen my name used in any book <laughs> ever. <laughs> I mean, I I've seen John. Any Jeff characters at all? No, there's not. There's really not. And and it it seems like authors stay away from that name because of the quote unquote commonness of it, and then they make it uncommon by staying away from it. So it it it's a it's kind of it's kind of silly, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> I am nothing like my namesake, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, so you you guys have uh have read the the short story? Of course. What story? Yeah, what's who on who the who story? Of course, who I may not what, listen where? to the podcast, but I read the books. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it kind of takes place what late late sixties, uh, England, something like that. Tar- a short Tardis Atlant has. By the way, spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> Obviously, we're talking about the. <laughs> The short story, so there will be spoilers following. From the I mean, we've only got like forty pages to talk about. We can't really avoid anything. No, no, no. We can't. We can't be too too secretive, you know, because you know, there's not much there. But uh, <laughs> obviously, it's a short story, and I think they're all um, going to be held to a certain length. the The first Doctor was written by uh, Ian Colfer mm-hmm. of the Artemis Fowl uh, series fame. And I think his was five chapters, as, and Michael's was five chapters. <clears throat> Some of the chapters were quite long, so fifty chapters. Fifty chapters. That's a it's book. Fi- yeah, I think it's Not around fifty. Uh, fifty pages, though. Yeah, I think it is about fifty pages. <clears throat> yeah. Around fifty pages. It's not that you know. It's it's not a, a long it's a quick read. read. It I is, don't know. Quick- My Kindle doesn't give page numbers. It gives percentages. <laughs> uh, that's why I guessed. That's why I estimated. <laughs> 
<laughs> but every page was about two percent, so I would guess about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they should have made him stick. They should have made him stick to fifty pages. You know, fifty years, fifty pages per story. Uh, now you're just makes, being smarty pants. It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, they are kind of taking liberties with the whole fiftieth anniversary thing because it did sort of take like you know twenty years off in the middle. Well, not not all together, but yeah. you know, if you added all the hiatuses up, then probably yeah. Technicality. But you know, I mean, yeah. Not many things can say they've been around for fifty years. No, uh, the Simpsons. No, not even <laughs> the Simpsons. Jeff. Not even Jeff. Jeff Michael is Scott. not cool enough to have been around fifty years. The Doctor. The Doctor. Oh, wait. Here's your pepper. So let's talk about the doctor from the, story. Uh, the, the well. Do we want to talk about the the story and you know kind of like how it progresses and how it kind of relates to some Michael's pre- other works and and, sure. and things like that? Or because I, I thought it was really uh, interesting when we start out and um, Jamie, the doctor's companion, is is basically tricked uh, mm-hmm. into into taking this book. Uh, back to the TARDIS to give to the doctor. And uh, so there's this, there's this old man getting the snot beat out of him down this alleyway. And, you know, Jamie sees it. And, you know, Jamie is this, because if you don't know the story, if you're not a hardcore Whovian, you know, um, about Jamie is not really a bright guy and, and everything is compelling. Like goes, but he's 1700 Scotland. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he's plucked off a battlefield. So, you know, he's kind of like this, just this protector kind of person. And so, you know, he sees this old man getting roughed up by this thug. So he, you know, jumps in and helps him out. And Jamie uh, saves the day. Jamie saves our day. So he thinks. <laughs> so so the, the old man, you know, is a, is a bookshop owner. You know, we've, we've seen that before Coincidence. With, with Michael. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he gives Jamie a book, a very old book. And he says, you know, uh. He gives it to him specifically and says, you know, you can give this to somebody or something like that. So, you know, Jamie leaves him with that and the, the old man walks around the corner and then takes his disguise off and he pays off the thug. And we find out that Jamie's been been duped pretty, uh, pretty severely there. I hate it when that happens. I've been duped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you duped. Um, so he, you know, he gets tricked into taking the book and taking it back to the TARDIS and to the doctor. That was an incredible amount of spoilers. <laughs> and, That's you know. just the beginning of the story. That's just yeah. like the inciting <laughs> incident. Yeah. So yeah, obviously I, <laughs> who was the old man? I'm, I'm with Sean. You know, we really can't. <laughs> no. We really, no. <laughs> uh, we, we really can't, you know, run down the whole, the whole plot line like I just did. So. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let, let's just move on to uh, to some points. Yeah. So let let's talk about the old man. Let, yeah, let's talk about the old man first, since he makes an appearance at the beginning. And yeah, Michael throws out a name, which, knowing Michael, the minute I saw a name, I ran off to Google. <laughs> right. Because I wanted to know who this was, because I knew it had to be somebody else, and I'm guessing you guys both did as well. I didn't have to. I well, didn't Google what Thaskalos meant, but I knew who the character was. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know who the character was, but for all the Whovian fans, I'm sure you know. And if you don't know, that is a alias for the Master. Yep. 
It is indeed the master. Which made a reappearance, I guess, with the tenth doctor. Yeah. Yeah, with the tenth tenth doctor. And rumors are that he'll be making another one with the I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, neither. He causes a lot of problems for the doctor. Even though he's been killed like three, four times now. (laughs) (laughs) He just won't die. He's like a cockroach. It's Rory. (laughs) He's the Rory of Time Lords. It is very true to his character to get in there and meddle with the Doctor's plans, you know, unknowingly, you know. And I wonder, you know, what kind of... meddling with the plans. He was... Carrying out the... He was carrying out the... And I wonder what kind of of deal that he has with them. Well, he will rule galaxies. Well, you know. He's a little power-hungry. How's that ever work out? (laughs) How's that ever work out for the guy? Not really good for the guy. (laughs) <laughs> Not really good for the galaxies, huh? You that like the whole episode. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the Doctor. I didn't know much about the Patrick Troughton version of the Doctor, but yeah, me either. I did watch. What, I did watch the available. one. Yeah, there's like three or four episodes available. And I say episodes, but you know they're broken up into different parts because of how they used to air the shows back then. Um, but they're technically one episode. And uh, I did watch I did watch one episode. It was uh, Tomb of the Cybermen. And, you know, it was very campy. And, you know, I'm sure of the time it was, you know... <laughs> there was nothing better than that, I'm sure. You know, that was like the, the, the thing. You know, Doctor Who was amazing, so... Doctor Who is amazing. <laughs> well, no, no, absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> the the episodes themselves don't really stand up, you know what I mean? Yeah. To today's no. standards and things like that. I mean, I you know, if you're, if you're a fan of that and you grew up watching it, then, you know, it will always be a part of you and, and you know, you, you'll think I'm... I'm completely <laughs> out of my mind when I say it doesn't really those those episodes don't stand up, but they they really don't. I mean, it's hard to go back and watch those episodes if you one if you didn't grow up watching them like I didn't, and uh, you know it's kind of it's kind of rough oh, getting through. Them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of rough getting through. Them. <laughs> I mean, even new Doctor stuff is pretty corny. Yeah, I oh. mean it it is it's it's all kind of a little bit on the campy side, but and it's also I mean Doctor Who is more. I mean, it's it's played for children. It just has a lot of elements that aren't. But I think yeah. in terms of the short story, I think it, this particular doctor. Now I read the first story as well, and he seemed more seri- on the serious side a little bit, and this doctor seemed a little more quirky and you know more like the doctor that I know the doctors that I know in the last three incarnations which, which is definitely interesting you bring that up about uh I know we're not really covering um Colfer's story uh, about the first doctor really in this but you know reading that um his take on him and then you know I I actually uh in in kind of preparing for this and and for 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 Michael's uh story to come out I I I actually watched an episode of the first doctors as well. And I just didn't get, <clears throat> I just didn't get the sense that the doctor Colfer wrote was the doctor that I saw the episode of, you know, he was very dry, old, 
you know, and and this guy was more vibrant, alive, and 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 hopping around, and I don't I don't know. It just didn't seem it it, it didn't fit well for me. Colfer's Colfer's story didn't fit well for me. I mean, it was a good story, and it was it was fast, and it was fun. It was fun. I mean, it really it was. It was it was geared a lot more towards a younger audience and things than Michael's was. But you know, I, I don't think he captured the first Doctor in in his story. Yay. Yay. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> agree, disagree. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know much about the first doctor and I, I didn't honestly know much about the second doctor either, but I, I did notice a distinct difference between the two short stories. And I f- felt like Michael's doc version of the doctor that he wrote felt more like the doctor that I know now, you know, of the last three versions, you know, and I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't get that. at all. I honestly didn't know much about the past doctors, but I got a little bit of the humor from the nameless city short story. Like I got a little bit of the humor and the quirky that you kind of get in the episode. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, uh, I, I, was, I was discussing this with Sean earlier and, um, you know, from from reviews that I've gone out and 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 read about about the Nameless City, a lot of the old school like Whovian guys are reviewing it. They're they're very nitpicky about little things. You know, they'll they'll find little little details and things that you know are in the overall scheme of the story don't really amount to much. But the the main thing that I, that I read when I read you know reviews of of these hardcore uh, Doctor Who fans was they all think that he he nailed the the characterization characterization of the second doctor well and to michael's credit he's a, i mean he's a huge fan he grew up with it like it, yeah. you know it's a part of how he grew up so i think that definitely shows in the story absolutely without a doubt it's his doctor it's his doctor it's his yep. doctor yep had bad haircut though <laughs> the the bowl cut. <laughs> it was in style then. What do you want? It was in style when I was a teenager too. <laughs> doesn't mean it's a good haircut. Doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> I didn't say it was good. I said it was in style. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> and his flute. His flute. Yeah, I He's found that little, interesting. Yeah. A little flute. Flute. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize that that doctor had a flute or that was his thing until I saw the picture. Yeah, or that that went with the article. Uh, yeah, but the flute thing, um, I I really wasn't aware of, and even in the episode that that I watched, you know, of his of the, of the second Doctor, it really wasn't a big, you know, it really wasn't a big a big thing. But he, he is wearing a kilt. <laughs> was the was there a companion in that episode? Uh, yeah, 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 there was. So it was Jamie. It was Jamie. Okay. Yeah, it was Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, there's almost Jamie. always a companion. Did he wear a kilt too, like in the story? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So they both, you know, and it that's interesting. The, 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 it's a rare the way episode that, that there's no companion. You're right, there is. And the thing about it is with uh, with the second Doctor is he rarely ever had just one companion. There was usually multiple ones, and uh, where Michael has picked to to set his this this story. In, it just so happened that that Jamie was was the only companion at that time because they just they just lost one. I, I say lost. I'm not sure exactly <laughs> exactly Man what happened to, I'm not sure exactly what happened to them, but they're no longer they were no longer with them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but Doctor Who, you never know. Yeah, exactly. 
Maybe they were just lost somewhere in the interior of the TARDIS. You know, it's bigger sure, on the inside. Been, they just could have been down at the swimming pool. Exactly. They were, they were or in the, lab- the library. They were in the library taking a dip. You that know. did crack me up that there's a swimming pool in the basement of the TARDIS. I did not know that. Although it does not surprise me. <laughs> well, that's uh, made canon by Matt Smith's first episode, by the way. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember that. Was he it? falls. Uh, he falls through the TARDIS. Comes climbing. No, out no, no. It was no, no. It was mentioned in Tenants. Tenants mentioned the pool. Uh, does he? Does he mention yeah. the pool as well? Yeah, he he does. He talk. He says um, to Donna Noble. He says there's a pool, but I've 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 forgotten where it is. Yeah. 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 yeah there are bunk beds as well. The first time the pool has ever been <laughs> ever been gotten into was when Matt Smith fell in it in his first <laughs> episode, though. Yeah, but Tenet, I think he even says found found the pool. The pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it's from uh, it, it. How did Tenet, I forget that? I'm it, a bad Whovian. <laughs> failure. Yeah, yeah. There was a there's a pool in the library, which is hilarious. A pool in the library makes no sense. <laughs> but what does make sense? Yeah. Exactly. Where else would you put a pool? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we find uh, in, in the story, you know. We we find the TARDIS has been messed up and and basically stranded, and uh, certain events happen, and uh, and and the TARDIS and the Doctor and Jamie are transported, you know, to another planet where uh, where we meet the the baddie, the baddies, I guess, baddies. of the uh, of the, which is another uh, throwback to uh, to Michael's other works with uh, Flamel and and others. You know, series coming out. Um, the Archons are the uh, are the bad guys of the story, and very very ancient and very very angry <laughs> race. They were not happy. No, no, absolutely not. And a little on the slimy side. Yeah, yeah, like squid. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know the Archons were like sea creatures, like octopus and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> considering the one we know was a deer. Was yeah, it was a stag. <laughs> so the Earthlers are lizards, and the Archons are <laughs> squids. <laughs> cephalopod. It's just called a cephalopod. cephalopod. Okay, I'm sorry. I should have known that. <laughs> Your head's a cephalopod. <laughs> it's an ood. <laughs> it's an ood. It's the ood. It's the ood ancestors. <laughs> that explains now. It all odd. makes sense. Yeah, it all makes sense. <laughs> Squid face. <laughs> Ooder <or> archons. <laughs> the Ooder well, odd. Like long they're descendants very, of. <laughs> <laughs> no, it all makes sense. Uh, Thank you for solving that mystery, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, that is pretty funny. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, the Doctor and Jamie, they've got to, uh, they've got to battle, battle the Archons and, and save the day. And, you know, what's interesting, uh, was the whole concept of, um, when Michael added the Archons into the, into the story that they're so old and ancient race that the time lords actually got the tardis seeds or core core you know of the of the tardis of the, the actual time traveling part of the tardis from the archons 
that was I thought I thought that was very cool. Yeah, that was an interesting little twist. Yeah, absolutely. All right, like yeah. like generally speaking, I don't know that I liked the idea that the 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 change in canon over who made the TARDISes or who developed who created the TARDISes. Right. Well, you know, I don't like, know. That's, th- a, that's a that's a fairly significant retcon. Well, and the only the only issue that I take with that is that, um, you know, it was all approved, you know, mm-hmm. by the BBC and stuff. So they obviously were totally fine with it and and didn't have a problem with sure. the the way it was introduced and things like that. So I don't, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it with the, with the canon change if if the BBC and everyone that you know is in control of the Doctor Who storylines and things like that think that's okay that that's part of canon i'm i'm totally fine with it well then i didn't take it as the whole tardis i just took it as you know a part of the tardis technology came from the archons well and it well, does they stole the seeds like they the seeds, and they grew yeah. their own so you know it's kind of like if uh you know if someone like like with corn you know yeah with, when, at the people, you know, coming over from from uh, from from England and 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 getting corn and stuff, seeds, and then taking them back and and cultivating it over there, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing. It's not going to be the exact same corn because it's grown in different water, different ground. You know what I mean? But it's going to have its roots in, in, in you know, its its makeup is still going to be the same. Yeah. Well, and he kind of implied that they kind of you know did a little you know, maybe cross-pollination type situation, you know, where they kind of made it their own, you know, yeah. thing. So. I'm sure they made tweaks and everything that they needed to do to uh, to make the TARDIS the way that the, the Time Lords needed it. But, um, yeah, as far as, as far as adjusting the canon, I, I don't know that beyond the Time Lords, if there, if there really is a canon for, for where the TARDIS came from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's never been said that the Time Lords invented the TARDIS. Not that, not of what you've seen. <laughs> I believe that it's always been, you know, it's just their, you know, what they use. Yeah. And it's only as of late, really, that, you know, in the later Doctors, <coughs> we get a sense that the TARDIS is actually even alive. Yep. You, you know what I mean? Like with the, the Doctor's Wife episode and the, yeah. Right, right. Before it was really just a machine with a, you know, you know, like a nuclear core, you know, kind of thing. But you mm-hmm. know, instead of nuclear cores, obviously it's a time. Yeah, flux capacitor. It's a flux capacitor. Time and reality dimension. Time and relative dimension. Relative dimension. What's the rest of it? Time and relative dimension in space. That's it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Total. Aerial <laughs> Tardi. No, um, but um, that's a different episode. You know, really, it's only <laughs> as late that you know the the, the 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 core was was living and it was you know organic and, and sentient innate. in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those things. I I don't I don't, I don't know that I I don't really have a problem with him uh, adjusting the canon and that. You know, he did come in. And completely create a new uh, a new villain for for Doctor Who. You know, I mean, there's a lot of great villains. There's a lot of great monsters that Doctor Who has faced over the last fifty years. 
and most of them reoccurring. <laughs> I'll give them that. You know, yeah. they 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 tend to reuse the 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 bad guys a lot. The Cybermen, the Daleks. Yeah, yeah I mean, you see those you a lot. <laughs> so you know what? It was kind of like it was almost like a, a a breath of fresh air for me to have something different. Well, and I think that was one of Michael's strengths with the story was that he took it and he was true to the Doctor Who, you know, story, but he also took it and made it his own too by creating his own villain and kind of putting it in a new place. So Exactly. Who knows, you know, I mean they they may like this this uh this Archon uh storyline and, and <laughs> you know, we we might see it show up on the show. Who knows? Stay tuned. You, know? you never know. Be interesting. Yeah. They're gonna run out of bad guys. <laughs> They will never run out of bad that. guys. <laughs> It'll just keep reincarnating the Daleks till the end keep of time. Yeah. Bring back it the angels. Destroyed them like <laughs> 75 times. Now. Oh, let's not even talk about the angels. <laughs> Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty. That was hilarious. That was so obvious, though. <laughs> it was. Where you hide the most dangerous weeping angel of all time in the city that never sleeps. Yep. But somehow it made it from. <laughs> Ellis Island all the way over to in the middle of the no middle one of It has still yeah, no one saw it. No one saw it. <laughs> no it, one was it does it when it. you're blinking. I know, but no one was eyes was on it at you know, in that general direction, you know, in a, millions of people walking the street. Nope. nope. It's Don't question Doctor Who. Uh, no, of course not. Would never Do not dream question of. the Moffat. <laughs> Would dream of <laughs> the doctor here's your pepper well um you know obviously you know, it wouldn't be a doctor who story if uh if doctor who <laughs> didn't save the day so <laughs> obviously the uh the archons don't get the better of him we won't and, tell you uh, how though spoilers exactly <laughs> hello sweetie uh <laughs> 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 we won't exactly spoil for you you know how that all happens and stuff you'll have to get the book and read it, or the sh- the story. Get the story and read it. But you know, if you want it in book form, uh, the, it will be released um, with all of the other ten stories in print form later this year, after the after the actual 50th anniversary happens. On the, uh, I believe the fifth is it the fifth of March. The fifth of March. The next. The next. The next. Uh, the next short, short story's author will be revealed, and the name of the story will be revealed. And it's going to be the uh, the third Doctor, who is John Pertwee, and I, th- I think that's right. <laughs> I think it's sound. If not, right. we'll pretend it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. we're silly Americans. We don't know how to pronounce anything. <laughs> John Pertweet. So for you know all you Whovians out there, be looking forward to that and. Um, any guesses on who might be writing that? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think the big names, big any, any if they if they got any big big names, I think they've saved most of them for the later doctors. In my opinion, like oh. I believe Neil Gaiman is writing one. I would, I would, yeah, think that's yeah. kind of come out. You know, I, I, I seriously, you know, that's that's obviously some someone that that it could be there. I would be surprised if he's not. Honestly, I would be surprised. Well, if I mean, he's already written for Doctor Who, so I'd be really surprised if they didn't run to him first. And he's got another episode coming out as well. Yeah, but you know what? He may he may not have. Yeah, he may not have because of one of you know because yeah. of his other. Yeah, exactly. 
So, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I would expect him to be one of them, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's not. Yeah. You know? Who knows? Huh. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, obviously it wouldn't be Awakenings uh, if we didn't have <laughs> our, our special guest of honor that, that, that joins us regularly uh, on the show. Well, semi regularly. <laughs> that joins that, that joins us semi regularly, <laughs> as, as often as he can, and as often as you know he'll gracious with his presence. But uh, we we get Michael on the show from from time to time, and uh, it was it was very nice of him, especially with all the craziness that's going on right now with the Doctor Who and the short stories and stuff. His time is uh, very precious, so you know I was able to to get some time with him and uh, to do to. Ask him some questions about uh, about the short story, and basically, uh, you know, this is uh, this is it. This is what uh, my uh, interview with Michael Scott. All right, guys. Well, we've very graciously, you know, we've we've got uh, Mr. Michael Scott on here to talk about his Doctor Who short story, and uh, it's very uh, very nice of him to to come on the episode again. We we get him from time to time, and uh, we're. We're very happy every time we do, so uh, thank you very much for your time, Michael, and for joining us today. I'm always delighted to talk to anyone. You know writing is the loneliest job in the world. It is. Thrilled to speak to any person. I can just imagine you sitting in a dungeon, you know, with with candlelight and... (laughs) That's close enough, actually, A a quill. (laughs) No, we haven't done quill for a long time, you know. (laughs) A little dab of ink. (laughs) Uh, um, so congratulations uh, on the on the short story. It's uh, it's uh, I've read it. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, all the reviews seem to be in the same vein, and uh, it's a uh, it's a really big uh, big deal. I think, uh, and uh, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. It was uh, I I I was completely blown away to be asked to do it, and um, you know I've been a Who fan for you know most of my life. So I, obviously somebody learned that. And I was asked, and uh, I just said yes, as indeed any writer would, just say yes to it. I just say yes, yeah. (laughs) That's the answer to everything. (laughs) Well, you know, that that really brings up my first question. Um, You know, how did that process go? Like, how did you get approached to do that, or how did you get into to even be uh, on the list there for the uh, for the anniversary shorts? I wasn't even aware I was on, on the list. I mean, we all knew that there was this big 50th celebration being planned and there was some talk of various novels and short stories, but that was floating in the ether. I wasn't, I wasn't asked, I wasn't approached. And then one day late last year or towards the middle of last year, I got a phone call out of the blue from my agent who said, would you be interested in writing this who story? And I said, yes. Of course. Of course. <laughs> And you know your your doctor that you're writing about is the uh, the second incarnation of sure. uh, of Doctor Who, and um, you know was there an an option for that, or did they say, hey, we want to offer you number two, or, or or did you did you get to choose which doctor? You more or less got to choose. I think what they're doing, and I may be completely wrong now, but I think they're choosing writers who would be familiar enough with their own doctors. I don't think they would ask me to write about, uh, um, say, Matt Smith, for example, the current doctor, because mm-hmm. 
I haven't seen the, a lot of the current episodes or they're certainly not going to ask me to write about Sylvester McCoy because I saw none of the Sylvester McCoy. But certainly the Patrick Troughton doctor was certainly my doctor. John Pertree was certainly my doctor and Tom Baker to a lesser extent, although I was beginning to get older and drift away at that stage. Right. So you were given a doctor that that you knew mm-hmm. and you were then essentially told you can do anything at all within reason. Um, in other words, you couldn't kill him or kill him. <laughs> right, so right. You have to you have to keep it canon or, you know, as close to canon as you possibly could. But you have 50 years of doctor, 50 years of monsters, 50 years of creatures. It's a huge canvas to play with. Right. Well, how do you even approach that? Like, how do you even um, sit down and, and, and come into such an established, you know, mythology and, and characters, you know, base that, that, that Doctor Who has and try to make your own story out of that? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to be true to the character. I I wasn't interested in reinventing or reinvigorating or doing a Genesis story. I was going to write about the Doctor I knew. I made a couple of decisions very, very early on because when the Doctor was broadcast, it was a black and white program. Mm. And so I decided I would write it with a very muted tonal palette almost as if i was writing it in black and white oh i see i then decided that i wanted to find a hole in the chronology where i could slot in a story and that meant going through because i mean the research is the most fun of course so (laughs) i went through the 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 chronology of doctor two looking for a little space between adventures where i could fit in my story and i eventually found a hole And as it happened, that hole just had the Doctor and Jamie. So I knew I had two characters to play with. And that's set in August 1968. And um, that's where I found that section. And then it was a matter of just finding the story. The early Doctor, the the, the first two Doctors, and particularly the second Doctor, the second Doctor fought some of the big, iconic villains. So the second Doctor fights Daleks, and the second Doctor fights Cybermen, and and, uh, and and the great intelligence, for example, which has just reappeared in the new Christmas special, the Matt Smith Christmas special. Mm-hmm. So the doc, the second doctor was all about big monsters. The third doctor, the John Pertwee doctor, interestingly, where they most of the stories were set on the earth, which is to do with budgetary constraints and stuff like that. But the second doctor had big, big creatures and I wanted to do a big creature feature. Right. And that's really was the genesis of what became the name of the city. Hmm. Were you tempted to um, to try to tie your story into into like the, any of the current storylines, or you know, of uh, of bringing it more, you know, like up to date with the the current running Doctor and things like that, or were you? Yeah, I mean, you said you were bent on uh, on on uh, you know making it you know, just like the Doctor of old. So, you, you, did you have any kind of uh, inkling to to tie it into any of the newer stuff? No. Not in the slightest. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to. I wanted this to be almost as if it was an episode of the 1960s TV series. That's the sort of theme and tone and style I wanted it to do. You know, it's interesting. I read very recently the Owen Colfer story, and Owen did the very first Doctor, the William Hartnell story. Mm-hmm. And Owen, who's you know an astonishing writer, has gone for a very very different take on the Doctor. He's gone for quite a vigorous, active character. And in it, the Doctor muses about Harry Potter and he muses about Blake Seven. And for me, that just bounced me right out of the story. Now, I know the fans love it because it gives the Doctor a continuity and he is a Time Lord and he can see into the future and stuff like that. Right. 
but that for me is not part of certainly the the the, the patrick Troughton character and i was determined to keep him in character as best i could hmm. now as far as the companion for uh, for the second doctor i i know there's there's several for him well from what i've read his his episodes are there's a lot missing of them and and they're not readily available most of them but for what i understand the the companion that that is with him when your story takes place jamie it wasn't wasn't exactly like the companions that we see today where they're really intelligent and, and, and handy with things if he was kind of almost like a a, a bodyguard guy or a dirty work man is is that accurate for a depiction of him yeah, that's reasonably accurate. Jamie McCrimmon was a Scottish soldier uh, plucked off a Scottish battlefield and he becomes the doctor's companion by accident, as indeed most of the companions do. He's not the brightest, but he is incredibly brave and he's strong and he's incredibly loyal to the doctor. Mm. And I wanted to play on those traits. And he's interesting because played by a character called Fraser Hines and, and Fraser has continued playing Jamie and indeed the Doctor in, in a lot of the radio serials and has continued with the Doctor for many, many, many years. And it was great fun to do Jamie because as I was when I was growing up watching Doctor Who, I realized, you know, we, we the viewers, the readers could never be Doctor Who, but we could be Jamie. We could be the companion mm. of the Doctor. And that's why, for me, he is as equal a character and as important a character. And people talk about Patrick Troughton keeping the Doctor alive, which he absolutely did. I mean, when Patrick Troughton took over the role from William Hartnell, he was faced with an almost impossible task because William Hartnell had established this iconic character and then he was leaving the show. If Patrick Troughton had got it wrong, Doctor Who would have died 47 years ago. It would just not have continued. Right. Patrick Troughton's character was, uh, and, and, and characterization of the Doctor was essential for creating the character we know and love today. Hmm. Then, we, then we have 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 Jamie, and Jamie was the everyman character, and every young man and every young woman too, you know, related to him, and he was equally important in keeping the character of Doctor Who, the the, the series of Doctor Who alive. So it, he was important that they both played equal roles in my story. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, every actor and every incarnation of the Doctor, you know, since then has has not been like their predecessors, but has taking, taken a little bit from them to, to create a new character. And, you know, it kind of all leads back to, you know, Trump's decision to, to, to not try to mimic what Doctor One did and, and run his own path with it. I mean, that's that's very, very true. But what is interesting about, for example, the Patrick Troughton doctor is that many of the other actors have acknowledged him as their inspiration. And indeed, the current doctor, Matt Smith, is absolutely channeling Patrick Troughton mm. and has said, you know, has in it, it is in print. He has acknowledged his debt to, Pat, to, to, to Patrick Troughton's doctor. And, you know, it's interesting. One of Matt Smith's favorite episodes is The Ice Warriors. And indeed, we are going to see it has just been announced that the Ice Warriors will will return. And I'm hoping Matt Smith is still playing the Doctor when the Ice Warriors return. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Story wise, where, where you've incorporated the, the Archons into your story, what kind of made you choose to go that way of, of, of a, a villain that wasn't 
you know, readily known in, in the, uh, the universe as far as, you know, as opposed to like a Cyberman or, you know, you know, a, a dialect or something. Well, that was sort of a fairly easy decision to make. There are 11 doctors. There will be 11 short stories. There will be 11 writers. Now, nobody knows who those writers are. Even I don't know. I mean, I didn't know that, you know, my fellow Irishman Owen Colfer was kicking off the series and he didn't know I was doing number two. Hmm. I reckon, however, that at some stage, somebody is going to do the Daleks and someone is going to do Cybermen and someone is going to do, you know, one of the those huge iconic uh, villains. Far, and they'll do it far better than I have done it. Also, Cybermen have been in many ways done to death. We've seen them again and again and again in really fabulous stories. Daleks have been done forever. You know, we've seen the genesis of the Daleks, the destruction of the Daleks, the rebirth of the Daleks, the mad Daleks, the Daleks in prison. You know, all we haven't seen are dancing Daleks. But we've we've seen all of those. So I, I didn't want to do any of those. And look, if you're given an opportunity to play with Doctor Who, you really want to use your own villains to create some iconic, huge, monstrous creature for him to defeat. Oh, sure. Sure. It kind of felt like there was a little um, H.P. Lovecraft kind of flowing around in there when, when, when in the descriptions of the uh, of the Archons. Absolutely. That's quite deliberate. That's, you know, Lovecraft has had a really interesting Im- influence on the Doctor, either, either either knowingly or unknowingly. I would argue that the Daleks, for example, are straight out of Cthulhu. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. the name, the Nameless City is an absolute homage to the H.P. Lovecraft novel of the same name or short story of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, the Necronomicon appears in my Doctor Who story. And the description of the Archons is absolutely lifted from his great old ones. I mean, and, and also, I've, I mean, I've used the name of the city in Flamel and I've used the Archons in Flamel. And there are hints in Flamel that the Archons are indeed the great old ones oh. from Lovecraft. Right. Surely you knew that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lies so well. <laughs> Me? No. <laughs> The one thing that I really liked about about the Archons and, and, and their their uh, uh, being woven into the story was the, the the one little part in there talking about where the Time Lords had stolen the seeds um, from what they grow their the their Tardis Tardises. Is it's it, actually Tardises. I tar- actually had the B, the BBC confirmed <laughs> Tardi. The Tardi because I sent sent them an email. One of the things we could do, actually, is we could go back to the BBC for fact checking. And, and the BBC were really fabulous because they went through not just my story, but I presume all the stories and went, yes, yes, yes. No, this this is this is this is not quite right. Whatever. Hmm. So the story has actually been passed by the BBC uh, Doctor Who uh, masters, as it were. The Doctor Who department. And I, <laughs> the Doctor Who department. So I did go back to them and say, is it Tardis? Is, is it Tardi? Is it Tardium? And it's actually Tardis, Tardises. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> T-A-R-D-I-S apostrophe E-S. Apostrophe E-S. Oh, that's interesting. E-S. Yeah, I'm going to have to write that down so I don't forget. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the, the, the Archons say that the Time Lords stole the seeds yes. you know, from them and, and kind of grew their own Tardises. Yes. Now, as far as the, the, the Tardis is concerned it seems to be very mechanical and very hmm. machined and but its core seems to be this kind of sentient being 
And yeah. it, which which part of the TARDIS is actually like grown? Is it is it just the core inside, like like almost like uh uh being born the the core, or is like the entire ship itself like like grown? Over the years, we've had lots of bits and pieces of mythology added into the creation of the TARDIS. Neil Gaiman, of course, did the wonderful version where he takes the the personality out of the TARDIS and puts it into a woman, and that was in the last series. Mm. And he really has developed that concept of the living TARDIS. The Doctor's TARDIS is one of the old model TARDIS. And the idea, the original idea was TARDISes are grown, the central core is grown, and then they bond with a particular doctor. And over time, they change and warp and alter. And I mean, we've seen, I mean, over the uh, the 50 years of the Doctor, although the exterior of the, the ship has remained more or less the same blue box with tiny, tiny uh, changes the interior has changed very dramatically and some versions have been very organic some have been very mechanical some have been very cyberpunk i mean the christmas the just the, the just gone christmas version mm-hmm. was a really interesting ste- steampunk almost tardis right so there is a suggestion that the tardis can change and alter and grow and shift but i i stuck very rigidly my description of the tardis is very rigidly the second doctor tardis with the round with the rondelles Mm. And the very crude um, central console, for example, it's not the modern Matt Smith, which is a very intricate, gorgeous, brightly lit uh, central console. Right. Yeah, the new one. Uh, I've seen the 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 new episodes, and um, it, it seemed, you know, the the previous doctors all seem like they're running around the console and fixing things and 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 having to. You know these what you call it's and doodads and but the the new console seems to be very clean and organized and it doesn't seem like it's falling apart like like most of the all the other incarnations have that well that I've seen. Well, you see, and I think that's slightly out of canon because when when the original Doctor when William Hartnell steals his TARDIS, it is already then an old model TARDIS. Mm. It's a it's a you know, it's already an antique when he steals it. I don't think it should be clean and, you know, bright and light, brightly lit and all that stuff. I think it should be shabby and bare mm. uh, because that was part of the fun. The, 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 when the TARDIS broke down, it took the Doctor to adventurous, interesting places. In the old days, in the old episodes, I think the ship played a much, much bigger role in the stories, whereas it doesn't play such a big role now. But now it is absolutely gorgeous. But that's also a function of the, the the success of the series and the big budget the BBC have to play with. Well, yeah, yeah, agree with that. You know, on on the old Doctor, uh, the old Doctor Who episodes. There's, I think I said earlier that there's not a whole lot out there. Was was it hard for you to get back into the uh, the mindset or mythology of the of the second Doctor? To, to did did you did you get out and find all these old episodes and and uh kind of rehash your memory on it or was you you know this is like your doctor and you were you were already back you were already in it i mean i do remember i mean it was such an iconic part of my childhood growing up and those programs you watched when you were growing up do tend to stick although you the version that sticks in your head may often not be the true version <laughs> right a lot of the early Doctor, a lot of Doctor Two particularly, are missing because the BBC had a policy of just taping over old tapes. So a lot of the episodes were blank. Wow. However, <laughs> we do have we do have audio recordings, 
Um, there's a very active fan. You know, you think the Flamel fans are enthusiastic. You haven't seen the Doctor Who fans. Yeah. And they've, they have replicated a lot of the old episodes, which is wonderful. Lots of episodes available on, on uh, YouTube, lots of bits and pieces of Doctor. And because I wasn't copying any specific episode, I was able to watch them for the Doctor's characteristics and the Doctor's mannerisms. And once I had that in my head, marrying those images to my memories, I had the character of, of the Doctor. Right. And, um, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's, um, it was funny to see how, how alive he became because it is such a great, I mean, it really is a testament to Patrick Troughton's acting that he has fixed this, that he, that he can fix and has fixed this character in her imagination so simply. I mean, the costume is very memorable, you know, playing the recorder, very memorable, Wear, wearing the hats, which, which he did. He has these little tropes and characteristics which fix that character in your memory so strongly. Mm-hmm. Now, any kind of like, uh, uh, I guess, a... Uh idea of how they ran the episodes you know back then because like on amazon prime uh you go in there to look for any of the 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 second doctor's episodes and you get uh an episode that is like four sub episodes but it's like titled by one episode sure so did they did they have like one episode written out and then it took four individual airing dates to to play out that one episode the doctor played out every Saturday night um, and there were four or six episode sequences. They were written differently. They always ended on a cliffhanger, of course, as the Doctor still still does with the great music. They've changed the stories now. They didn't go for the big, big story arcs that we have now. I mean, we, we this new generation of viewers, have grown up watching an arc, that'll a story arc that'll pay out over 13 episodes or will pay out over even two seasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting to watch the the whole River Song story, which has played out over what three seasons, four seasons yeah. now, nearly. Right. Yeah. The old days, the old days, they didn't have those. the The episodes tended to be self-contained within a four or six episode arc, very tightly written. Hmm. And and they called them like like for instance, the the only episode that's on Amazon Prime for for the first season of of Doctor Two is uh, Tomb of the Cybermen. And and they they've got them called like each episode is titled Tomb of the Cybermen, but there's the four parts of it, and I guess they're like what twenty minutes a piece or something like that. Twenty twenty five minutes a piece. Something yeah. Like that, yeah. So did they air those each four of those in in, in order? Like yeah, I mean, like during this on the same day, or was it a sat every Saturday? Oh no, it would have been every Saturday for a, for a month or six weeks. Wow. So it took a month to get through like one episode, one yeah. one story episode. Huh, interesting. Very interesting. And also remember, these are the days before video recorders, before tape recorders. If you missed it, you missed it. You know? Yeah. Uh, th- and you had to watch it as it was broadcast. Did they, I mean, did they do like reruns and things like that on, on when they weren't having new episodes or? No, they were never, they were never rerun. I mean, reruns came in much, much later on. Wow. Um, and so what you were watching, I mean, and I was a young man going to school, watching them. You had to make sure you were there on a Saturday night 
at 5.30 to watch them because if you didn't, you were then out of the loop in school <laughs> because everybody else had watched them and they all had their opinions. Right, right. So you, could, you couldn't just pull up YouTube and get caught up or you know DVR it or <laughs> you, had to, you had to be you there. You guys have it so easy. <laughs> no, we're so spoiled, aren't we? <laughs> this is, YouTube was only a gleam, not even a gleam in anyone's eye. No, no, no. <laughs> So there's there's a difference that I've noticed between like uh, the first Doctor's short story by Colfer and, and and your short story. His seemed to be aimed more of a younger, much younger audience, and yours was kind of more of a, uh, a just a, a wider reaching um, audience. You know, a little bit older, but younger can also appreciate it. it did they come in and specifically spell out and say you need to you need to write this doctor for this age group or you know did they did they confine you to uh to anything like that i have to say the the brief for writing the doctor was incredibly generous you were basically told you can more or less do anything but there are a couple of caveats first of all we knew we were writing and all the writers will know this we are writing for puffin which is the children's arm of penguin <laughs> so these are children's stories but that presents itself with a really interesting issue because no child will know the second doctor children are really only familiar with the last one or the last two doctors so you're writing a short story for an audience who doesn't know the character or, or knows the character but doesn't know the personality so but you are writing a children's story so that's got to be that's number one but number two is you've got to be aware that it's going to be read by the Doctor Who fans. And you have a duty. I really believe this. You have a duty to the fans to honor the material. And I think that's really, really important. And, you know, my story, I've seeded a lots of little homages to the original series. There's lots of little notes. If you're a Doctor Who fan, you will recognize bits and pieces. There's a character in my story called Professor Pascalos. Oh, no, it, it, it means nothing to you unless you're a serious Doctor Who fan and you'll get that you'll get that reference. There's another stage where Jamie is using a fire extinguisher. And again, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you'll get that particular reference. But they don't impinge on the story or they don't detract from the story if you don't know those references. Right. Huh. Very good. So you really don't know who any of the other the other authors no. are. It's, I, I think it's a very, very interesting. I mean, Penguin have done a fairly amazing job of playing their cards incredibly close to their chest. There are all sorts of names being floated. I mean, Neil Gaiman is an obvious name. Neil's name is being floated. Philip Pullman, apparently a big fan of the Doctor, his name is floating. Charlie Higson's name is, ro- is ro- roaming around there as well. Um, and J.K. Rowling's name is in the name. I did hear that, actually. Charlie Hickson, I I know that name from somewhere. Charlie Hickson is an actor who also does a very, very, really fabulous YA series. And, I mean, another author whose name is floating is the the great Anthony Horowitz. And I would be astonished if Anthony hasn't got a story in there as well. It'll be really interesting. The plan is a story a month, every month, until November. And then in November, they will do the big print book, which will have all the stories. So that'll be... I mean, that would be a really nice collection. And oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, is it? It's it's funny. I mean, like leading up to it, do you get uh, at least to 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 get a little preview of their story just before it comes out, or do you find out like everyone else does 
uh, on the, I guess, whether they're releasing it on like the, the fifth of the month or something like that every month? They release it on the fifth, and I have no idea who's doing the next one. I was surprised they did two Irish writers back to back, for example. Mm. But I have no idea who's, who's going to do the John Pertwee story. Well, I cannot wait to find out myself. <laughs> well, I was a big John Pertwee fan as well. So, And he's the most stylish of all the Doctors. And, um, and in fact, there is a wonderful episode. You will get it. I know there are a couple of YouTube clips. But there's an episode called The Five Doctors, where you do get to see the five Doctors together. Oh, that was an anniversary episode, right? That's one of the anniversary episodes. And that's wonderful to see, because you do get to see Patrick Troughton and um, John Pertwee playing together. Now, at that stage, William Hartnell had died, and he had been replaced by another actor who looked remarkably like him. Mm. But it is a great... And then, of course, Roger Del, Del, Delgado as the master, the original master, appears in it as well. Mm. It's a great scene. Now, when I was growing up, uh, it was reruns of Tom Baker. Of course. Yeah. That, uh, that I was first uh, introduced to uh, over here on the States was a big, big thing uh, was, was the reruns on, uh, on PBS over here. As we, become, as we become more and more modern, I think we will, you know, these are the doctors that everyone knows, more, more and more people know, mm-hmm. because they are the still living doctors for example. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for the, uh, for the 50th anniversary festivities, uh, do you, do you got any, uh, any insight and in, insight into what's going on there? As I said, they have kept it incredibly, <laughs> seriously, everything, kept it incredibly, is, yeah, they got a big everything. <laughs> and there was a very strict non-disclosure agreement before, you know, last late last year when, when we signed up for all of these, I presume everyone else has been tied up to that. I do think, as I said, the fact that they've managed to keep the uh, author list secret right. is astonishing. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I, I can't believe that they've uh, you know something this large and and sweeping across you know the globe basically, and um, and they've been able to keep it quiet as as well as they have. It's uh, it's really fascinating. I think it's also a tribute to the respect with which the authors treat this material. You know, you're not going to. You don't want to be the one to give it away, do you? No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. You don't want to be tweeting, you know, early. No. <laughs> that would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> so I, I, I would like to ask you some questions about the, uh, the relationships between um, the Flamel series and, uh, and and the Doctor Who short because you, you you've sure. said yourself you you've woven a lot of that into there. Um, this is kind of a, a this quite first question is kind of like a, a backwards to that. Uh, you know, not so much Flamel woven into Who, but the other way around. One of the the main one of the main female characters in the Flamel series, Virginia Dare, also carries this you know magical flute. And uh, were was her flute kind of uh, you know a, a an homage to to the uh, second Doctor's flute? No, that's the, that's the short answer to that. <laughs> All right, well there goes that. <laughs> there, there goes that question. No, the Doctor the Doctor comes with his recorder um, fully formed. Uh, Virginia Dare's flute, however, does have a. Uh, I mean, I, and I, I've sort of hinted at it in in the book, but it is the Pied Piper of Hamlin's flute, you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But you knew that. Yeah. That as of well, course, I knew that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't sneak anything past me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, there's no connection there. Okay. Well, that's that. That's uh, that really shot that uh, connection. 
<laughs> seven questions lost instantly. There goes that whole series of, of questions I had. Um, <laughs> so the Nameless City, we had a Nameless City in the Flamel series. We did. Which uh, Prometheus and the Witch of Endor, uh, Zephaniah, visit for Abraham. Yeah. And, you know, it's really oddly shaped and uh, got kind of n- not not the exact same uh, feeling sure. as the, the nameless city in, in Flamel. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it kind of seems tied together. It, I don't know that we've ever said, uh, I know it's not really said in the books of who inhabited the city originally. Was it also an Archon city to, to yes. make all that tie together? Yes, that was always the always the original plan. The city that the that Zephaniah and Prometheus encounter is, of course, a dead city, very ancient city. The city that we encounter in in the Doctor Who story is, of course, a living city still fully occupied. Right. It's it's not exactly the same city. It is a shadow realm city. But yes, the tide the the link is very definitely there, and the link is very deliberately there. And I think you know I love the opportunity to just put in little nods to the Flamel series into the Doctor Who story because that's the fun thing to do. Oh yeah, well I mean right right as soon as we start off here, you know, in in the Doctor Who short, you've got a uh, uh an old bookseller and you know and and he's, he's you know he's he's carrying the secret book and everything and um you know it's very very much a a, a connection to the Flamel there with the bookshop owner and the Necronomicon and and all of that. So the, the this kind of actually isn't a Flamel related thing, but I just remembered I uh, wanted to ask you about the glass creatures. Sure. The glass, uh, I guess we'll call them glass apes. <laughs> yeah. I kind I kind of pictured them like um, a very dark but translucent kind of creature. What 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 was your uh, inspiration for that? My inspiration for that, interestingly, is I was doing some research recent for the Earth Lords, which is the new series. And, you know, I've said before, if Flamel is set, let's say, 10,000 years in the past, you know, the Earth Lords is 100,000 years in the past. So it's a very different feel. But I was doing some research recently into organics and how we are now reaching the stage where we are beginning to grow memory, for example. Then there is a suggestion that the next generation of computer memory will be fungal, Mm. a fungus memory, a grown, a grown memory. And we are looking at crystals and we're looking at crystal memory and all sorts of stuff. And I thought it would be such fun to create a, a creature that was a creature out of glass, as it were, a creature out of crystal. And it was fun to do. And um, because for me, it's it's got to be visually interesting, because if, if, if I can see it clearly, then I can write about it. And then hopefully the reader can see that mm-hmm. creature clearly as well. And it sort of suits the, this crystal city. If the Archons uh, have created or grown a crystal city, well, then it sort of it seemed logical, if that's not a contradiction, that they would also create a crystal, crystal, crystalline servants. Right, right. And they kind of seemed to seem to turn off when when they were not being, you know, used or, or so. So they're basically like a literally like a a servant that went, they're only alive or mobile or whatever when they're when they're needed. They're sort of like crystal robots, but. If that's not a contradiction, but also <laughs> I wanted to try and use creatures which were, which we had sort of seen in the Doctor Who series, because the Doctor Who series, for example, 
one of the big villains that Patrick Troughton faces is the Great Intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the Great Intelligence is an amorphous creature from beyond time who inhabits a robot which is dressed in a Yeti suit. And the episode is, of course, the Yeti, the famous Yeti episode right. of Doctor Two. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you could have a robot inside a Yeti suit, I wanted to sort of just acknowledge that in some way. And also we had the ice monsters, the ice creatures. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to also acknowledge that in some way as as well. So the Doctor had a lot of cold stuff, a lot of crystalline stuff. Mm. It had the ice the, the ice creatures. And I wanted to just nod towards that in some way. Mm. And then the, the sort of the slightly hidden joke or the not so hidden joke is that, of course, Patrick Troughton in a different series had also played a creature called an Archon. So that's my just... Oh, interesting. My in, 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 in joke. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, Michael, that's pretty much all the, the questions that uh, I think will bother you with this time. Um, <laughs> it's always always a, always a pleasure to have you on, and we appreciate the uh, well, look, the time. Always a joy to do it. You know that. Um, Earthlords one, um, which looks like it's going to be called Rise of the Earthlords. So there's your exclusive. Ooh, nice. Uh, Rise of the Earthlords. I went. I've gone through several titles, but that's the one that's sticking, and that's the one I've actually put on the title page. So if I have a title page, right. you know we're close to. <laughs> um, it finishes cold, so it's, it doesn't have a um, no 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 cliffhanger ending. Hmm. Much smaller cast, so much easier to uh, to get your head around. <laughs> and I'll as soon as I've got any information, you'll be the first to know. Great, great. And uh, movie wise, anything uh, anything? Movie wise, the 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 script, the draft script is delivered. There are some really interesting talks going on at the moment. We hope to start shooting later on this year mm-hmm. for a release in the middle to the end of next year, which is 2014. It's looking now like it's going to shoot in the wettest studios in New Zealand. But that's, of course, subject to change. But that's what I'm hearing at the moment. And I got to say to you, everyone is very excited. They, there's lots and lots of interest. Chinese have come in with a very big investment. And fingers crossed, this looks like it's really going to happen. That's great. That's awesome. We cannot wait for that. And you know, you know, with the New Zealand shooting, I mean, you, you really can't find more lavish and beautiful landscapes than than it'll be. It'll be amazing. And and the talent, you know, the the talent that has worked on the Lord of the Rings and now the Hobbit mm-hmm. is down there. It's available. It'll be fabulous. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we wish you the uh, absolute best of luck with that. Thank you so much. And we would uh, love to have you on again. And uh, Anytime, you know that. Yeah, that's great. We really appreciate it. Well, I will uh, let you sneak off into your dungeon writing room. Like going back to my and, dungeon, And yes. get, your, get your quill out. and uh, oh, sharp, and sharpen a quill. Sharp, yes, sharpen a quill, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, do you have to do that on a piece of sandpaper, or do you cut the sharp, or? No, you're... You, uh, you know that that your quill feathers, of course, taken from your swan, or <laughs> yeah. sometimes from seagulls. You have, you have and, a whole flock uh, out back. That's a whole flock of seagulls. <laughs> oh, not a flock of seagulls. Now we're just we're just going into <laughs> '80s music. <laughs> All right, Michael. Well, as always, it was a pleasure, and uh, right. we wish you the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Take. Care. So for all you uh, Whovians that are tuning in, that's uh, that's basically our coverage on the short story. And uh, for all you Humani that have uh, tuned in, in, uh, now we're going to be jumping into some of our 
normal uh, Awakenings podcast uh, stuff that has to do with the Full Metal series, also written by uh, by Michael Scott. And if you know you don't know the Full Metal series, you know, hang around. The odds are you didn't find this podcast. It's 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 the odds are you didn't, but it's possible. <laughs> so yeah, for all you Whovians, if you haven't heard of the Full Metal series, highly recommend checking it out. Especially if you like that short story. If you, if you yep. really enjoyed that short story, you uh, you definitely should uh, should check out the Flamel series. And stick around, hear a little bit about yeah, absolutely our cool fandom. Well, our fan. It's cool, Sean. Don't knock the fandoms cool. are cool. <laughs> they are by definition. I I wear a fandom now. Sean, that's your cue. Lose. We don't have any. <laughs> Any good news? <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't vote news, enough, so we lost the podcast awards. How's that make you feel? Yeah. Sad. <laughs> you non-voters. You non-voters. I supposed to vote? We st- <laughs> 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 I hate you. So 2013, that's our year, guys. We're, we're warning you now, ahead of time, before October comes. Start voting. Start we working on it. Once again. Start practicing. This streak of losing, we will lose every time. <laughs> unless you, unless if we are not the number one podcast dedicated to the secrets of the immortal Nicholas Mel, we will win. Are there any others? No, no. we are the one. We are the. We uh, are official. Official. We are official. So that's gonna come for something. Yeah. Something. Just a little bit. Just. Anyways, a... email. Yes. Email. So we've been collecting emails during our time off. We have not been ignoring you guys. Uh, not we have. Uh, we have emails. I mean, no, no, we haven't. Yeah, not like you. Ignored. But you haven't ignored us because we got emails. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> our first email is uh, says, "Hi, it's me again. Sorry for the mixed-up birthday year. I had to try and calculate it myself and not listen to the wiki." So I was listening to some earlier recordings, and on the Joan of Arc episode 23, I believe you mentioned a really cool-sounding interview with Mr. Scott, but it was like Mac answering the questions. I think someone said it was on the portal, though I couldn't find it, and I was wondering if you could remember where I should look. I don't really know if Jeff meant the first day of the January or the first month, but I will find out. I hope you will or did have a January podcast, not that I check every three hours to see if the podcast page is updated. (laughs) Hehe. Female Jeopardy sounds fun. The first episode I heard was Guy Pretty. Hope to hear from your awesome podcast soon, Lily. Lily. Um, Unfortunately, I, I, we did not have a January podcast. No, we I did. did. Um, Sean was the only one that showed up. I just I, sat and talked at my laptop. I, so to answer uh, your question about the blog tour interview where uh, Michael Scott answers questions uh, from us in the form of Machiavelli and in the form of Scatoc. You can look on the news archive on the portal page, and you need to go back to May 25th, 2010, and that will give you a link. In that, I mean, the blog, the, the interview actually happened on the 26th, but you know, there's a link to it on the, uh, on the 25th uh, that was posted on the 25th. Yes, there was one on the 26th as well. So you need to go to May 26th, 2010 in the news archive. Or you can alternatively type in uh, www.fullmels-immortal-portal.com slash blogtour.php. 
all lowercase letters. One word. And, uh, yeah, yeah, all one. All, well, blog tour doubt. is one word. Yeah, blog tour is definitely one word. So oh, there's okay. a, two ways you can find it. But uh, it is still there. It is still active and live and um, waiting to be loved and read. <laughs> it's it's flamosome. It is flamosome. <laughs> flamosome. Speaking uh, of flamosome. Speaking of flamosome, we have another flamosome uh, email from a flamosome listener. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> it says, <laughs> "Hi, casters of the portal." Uh, your podcast is so flamosome. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't get the podcast award. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get the podcast award this year. I voted as many times as I could. So uh, I now declare on this day of January in the sunny town of You Don't Know Where I Am that the Awakenings podcast featuring the talented Jeff, <laughs> whose humor rivals Billy the Kid. And I can't make this up. This is this accent, is real. Mike. <laughs> Who rivals Billy the Kid. And would make the most of running around plotting to stop D, also to the occasionally Irish-accented Sean, who could even make Palomides stop arguing with Nick and laugh loudly, and whose computer skills <laughs> would make Mock not release the monsters onto San Francisco because he finds hope for the human race in a webmaster. To the fact-finding Chris with a K, who can place and spot quotes within minutes... You pronounce names the way they should be pronounced. It's overrated. <laughs> That's scary. And to Jamie, who edits everything perfectly and would even make Virginia Dare interested in her thoughts. You have been presented with the award of Mint, a rare award only given every millennium to a person far away. By a person I, far away. I know this is long, so thanks for the podcast, your friend and bestower of lengthy, lengthy award Violet. <laughs> that was an awesome email. It was. <laughs> that email was flum awesome. It, it was, was flum awesome. Flum awesome. It was flum awesome. And um, yeah, I, I my uh, my talents were a longer listed than everybody else's. Yeah, way to boost <laughs> ego. And before we go too far, I'm going to read the next email. <laughs> right. Hi, I'm Maria, and I just finished reading the series. I was hoping if you could answer these questions about them. Them being the books, I'm guessing. At the end of The Enchantress, Sophie becomes immortal, but it isn't mentioned how. How did she become immortal? At the end of The Necromancer, Aoife is trapped in Coatlicue's shadow realm, and although there isn't any mention of her getting out in The Enchantress, she and Nitan are engaged. How did she get free? In The Warlock, Abraham says that he will give Scatty a gift in two parts, one which he gives her, what's the other part? If you don't have time to reply, I understand. I realize you have a lot to do, but if you answer, I will be really grateful. Thanks anyways, Maria. Well, those are all very good questions, and I don't know the answer to any of them. Magic. <laughs> I just answered all of them. But I think most of those sound like things that might be answered in future upcoming short stories. Flow magic. <laughs> it's flamagic. It is flamagic. Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, Nitin uh, rescued Aoife or, you know, they couldn't be getting married. So, uh, you know, there's a story there. Uh, it was intentionally left out, let's just say. Most most all of your questions were intentionally left out of the book, and that's <laughs> that's all I can help you with. <laughs> I, I think we will get answers. I just don't know when. <laughs> I, I seriously doubt we will. <laughs> 
Probably. <laughs> well, you may get those questions answered, but we may get more exactly. questions. Yeah. So. Okay, let me rephrase that. We'll probably get those answered, but we'll have a lot more, I'm sure. Yeah. Voicemails. <laughs> Voicemails. Voicemails. We have two. I'm excited. Whoa, two. Two. Awesome. Wow. I'm awesome. It is Stop fun. it. <laughs> let me play them. Hi, this is Tristan from Colorado. I do not have a form name yet because I cannot get accepted for the new form setup. But anyway, I just wanted to say that you guys are doing a really good job on the podcast. And currently I'm on episode 27, so I have a lot of catching up to do, but I just wanted to say you guys are doing really good on the podcast. Well, that was very nice. Yes, that's very nice. Yeah. 27, you, yeah, Tristan. you're only halfway here. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to uh, have a prob- nice surprise in I was say he probably, seven hours or yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> he probably caught up. <laughs> He's probably caught up by now, but yeah, that was, uh, appreciate that email, really. Email voicemail. call or Wait. email voicemail. What? Voicemail. We don't get we don't get voicemails. Yeah. I'm, I'm none, not used to it. <laughs> I, I got, none of us are really fond of the forum switchover either. Yeah. No, a- it's not. It's not your fault. It's not our fault. It's it's out of everyone's control. Um, it's Forumer's ex- fault. Except except the company that bought Forumer <laughs> and and totally destroyed our forum. So uh, yeah, Tristan, I'm, I'm sorry you can't get on. Half of our staff can get on. Can't get on so. I don't even it's know what's a, going on on there right now. It's it's a barren wasteland. It really is. Well, this next, uh, this next, let's go in with this next uh, voicemail. Okay. Yeah. Hi, this is Tristan. I voicemailed you. I'm not sure when, but um, I am in a shadow realm on the outskirts of Colorado Springs. And I want to ask you if you were affected by the change, but you could edit the change, what would you want to look like? I love the show. That's, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Interesting question. <laughs> that's a very cool question. I like that. Uh, I really like that question, actually. Wow. Okay, so... Okay, so you are affected by the change, but you're able to manipulate it to make it whatever you want, right? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Well, I think uh, I don't think a Rapanop would uh, <laughs> would 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 choose what uh, what happened to her, but uh, <laughs> or uh, or Anubis. I don't know. Or best kind of a kind of menacing dog thing, and you know. But I think the question was if you were affected. By the change. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would. Wow. I definitely wouldn't want to go the path of, uh, of, of Abraham and be like stone statue. Unless I could be like, um, what was the, uh, was it? Oh, I can't think of the name of the, the Marvel character. That's, uh, that's all uh, like um, steel. Colossus. 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 Yeah. Unless you could be like Colossus, like you were like cool. solid metal, but you could move. Yeah. That would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. That's a, that's a, I'd like to be taller. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> taller. 
I would increase my height by three quarters of an inch. Because <laughs> like, you don't want to be too tall. More like you know. four inches, but okay. Uh, you know. I'd for five eight. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what I would do if I could control the change. Um, I, I have not got a clue. I, I, I mean, that's just, uh, it's kind of out of nowhere for me and, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'll have to have a think on it. I think I'll have to have a think on that one. Yeah. Sean, any ideas? I don't, I don't have a good answer. That's the problem. I don't have a good I answer. I would become a Time Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you would become a Rethew. You Exactly. Yeah. He would come become a Rethew. Hook he, he and become, all. He would become the uh, the TARDIS. Some death. <laughs> yes, I would become the TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> the Tardi. <laughs> Tardisy. Says. Tardium. Tardium. What I what I say Noxima, but Noxima seven. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a better answer, but I don't. It would have been nice if the TARDIS didn't run on Deus Ex Machina. Uh. What does that mean? The fact that the TARDIS needed all this stuff to be repaired and he just happened to get kidnapped by the oh, right, right. that have all of that lovely material just on hand. Well, of course they do. Well, no, of That's course they do, but he just works. happens to get yeah. kidnapped by them at the exactly. exact moment when his TARDIS needs the material. Of course. Have you ever always... seen a Doctor Who episode? The doctor is in. Doctor Ex Machina. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly how every episode is laid out. <laughs> if nothing is a coincidence. This is true. Is a coincidence. Anyways, I think we've about killed this episode. We, we have. Hours ago. We killed it. I'm talking killed it. But it regenerated. So <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I don't want to go. We have to do it all over again. Okay, so next time on Awakenings, there won't be... Um, <laughs> next time there won't be. Yeah, there there won't be a next time. We're going on hiatus again. I, I said it in we're going on hate us again. Hate us. Hate us. Hate us. You can hate us all we want, all you want hate while us. we're on hate us. Hate us, Corbus. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all the the time we have for our fiftieth episode, and uh, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't know that you did. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> you you enjoyed it. I'm glad you joined us, and I hope you enjoyed it. Especially, I'm glad if, you uh... enjoyed it. And I hope you joined us. <laughs> I hope you were here today. I hope fantastic. you're still listening. Hello, 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 Whovians. Hello. <laughs> okay. So anyway, this is hello, sweetie. Hello, sweetie. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's all the time we have for, uh, this crazy, uh, this crazy special episode, um, of, uh, of Awakenings, and, uh, if you joined us all the way through the end, I'm, Thank I'm very I'm, glad I, you I, made it. I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I'm glad you made it. We're glad you're here, so. Um, as always, remember to, uh, give us reviews and comments on iTunes. If you'd like to send us an email, uh, we can receive those at awakenings at fullmills-immortal-portal.com. Or you can email any of our individual portal casters at their first name at fullmills-immortal-portal.com. That's Jamie, Jeff, Sean, Sean with S-E-A. That's all for this episode. Until the next Doctor Regenerates, this is... Jamie. Jeff. 
and the doctor. I mean, Sean. <laughs> you wish. Signing, <laughs> signing off. Warning, this podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter, resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. Yep. I should be like, Jamie, Jeff, and the doctor. <laughs> the doctor. You wish. Your, I'm the doctor. Here's your pepper. I guess that makes me the companion. So if Sean's the doctor and I'm the companion. Jeff's got to be the master or the archon. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm the master without a doubt. It was so surreal for me to like read that because it was like, Jamie, what have you done? And I'm like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> that was his actual companion though. So Yeah, I know. I have a lot of choice. It was just weird seeing my name in print because there aren't a lot of literal literal literature characters. That blah, 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 blah. But... <laughs> Have yeah. I'm gonna have fun tonight. <laughs> I can tell already. <laughs> Jethro Doctor. Do what? Jethro Doctor. Jethro, Jethro Tall. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I was like, Never what? Mind. What? Swing and a miss. Yeah, very much. <laughs> missed it. Missed it big time. <laughs> um, let me think. I name escapes me for the moment for some reason. That guy. (laughs) uh, What uh, what I uh, what I have no idea what I'm doing. Who are you? Totally cutting you out of the podcast. That's it. You've been fired. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Not <Lawrence>. Jeff. Sean. <laughs> yeah. In your in your monkey face. And I have the power. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Do you want to the... just do these with Jamie every month? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, don't leave me. <laughs> hey, how about this? I don't want to do it with either of you every month. <laughs> I love you too, guys. <laughs>